Hometown Ghost Stories contains serious and often distressing events and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This week on Hometown Ghost Stories, we dive into one of the most haunted locations in Nevada. Virginia City is full of ghosts, and the Washoe Club has no shortage of them. Hundreds, if not thousands, of paranormal investigations have taken place at this club, with some of the most compelling paranormal evidence being caught in history. Tonight, we dive into the history of the Washoe Club and try to uncover what may be causing these hauntings and possibly something demonic. It all began on the second floor, where I noticed a faint echo of laughter, the giggles of children at play. I dismissed it at first, thinking it was just the wind whispering through the old wooden boards. But the sound persisted, drawing me in like a siren's call. Each day, I found myself drawn back to that floor, compelled to uncover the mystery behind these elusive children. In my quest to make sense of it all, I delved deeper into the archives, seeking any account of children associated with the Washoe Club's past. To my surprise, there was a tragic tale hidden within its history. In the late 1800s, a fire had ravaged the club, claiming the lives of several children that fateful night. Their souls, it seemed, never found peace. The more I learned, the more concerned I became. I started to feel their presence, an intangible weight in the air that followed me around. Their laughter turned into whispers, faint voices begging me for help. My nights were haunted by vivid dreams, visions of these children who were lost and searching for something that they could never find. One evening, as I ascended the grand staircase to the second floor, the atmosphere became suffocatingly thick. Shadows flickered and the temperature dropped, chilling me to the bone. Fear gripped my heart, but I couldn't abandon these lost souls that seemed to be reaching out to me. As I entered the dimly lit room, I saw them. Shadowy figures of children, their eyes filled with sorrow and desperation. Their cries grew louder, and I knew in my heart they needed my help. I extended my hand, attempting to offer comfort, but my touch passed right through their hands. I felt an overwhelming connection to their plight. I couldn't bear to see them suffer any longer. I vowed to find a way to help them cross over to the other side, to find peace in what they had denied for so long. I searched around for answers, and I discovered an old journal belonging to a former caretaker of the old Washoe Club. It chronicled his experiences and how he cared for the lost children, how they had attached themselves to him, just as they had to me. As I flipped the pages and reached the journal's final entries, I nearly dropped the book as I read his name. It was me. My heart sank as the truth revealed itself. I had become one of them, a spirit trapped in the confines of the Washoe Club. My life, my research, everything I had known up until that moment had been a mere illusion. Time had no meaning within these spectral walls, and I had unknowingly become a part of the very tale I sought to tell. I'm Jesse Wilkins, and this is Hometown Ghost Stories, The Washoe Club, Virginia City, Nevada. Nestled amongst the rugged beauty of the Sierra Nevada mountains, Virginia City, Nevada stands as a testament to the relentless pursuit of wealth during the American West's booming days. Founded in 1859, Virginia City quickly gained fame as the center of one of the world's richest silver mines, the Comstock Lode. Let's dive into the history of Virginia City, its rise to prominence, and its enduring legacy as an iconic symbol of the Wild West. The origins of Virginia City's storied history can be traced back to the discovery of the Comstock Lode by two prospectors, Henry T.P. Comstock and his partners in early 1859. 
The Comstock Lode was an extensive vein of silver in gold deposits, which became one of the most significant mineral discoveries in the United States. News of the discovery spread like wildfire, attracting a flood of prospectors, entrepreneurs, and miners from all corners of the nation. Within months, Virginia City transformed from a humble mining camp into a bustling boomtown. Wooden structures sprouted up along narrow streets, forming a vibrant and rough community. By the early 1860s, Virginia City had become the economic and cultural heart of the Nevada Territory. The Comstock Lode yielded immense wealth, producing over $300 million worth of precious metals during its heyday. The mining operations required significant capital investment and advanced engineering techniques, leading to the formation of several mining companies. Entrepreneurs like John Mackey, James Fair, William O'Brien, and James Flood emerged as some of the richest men in the world, collectively known as the Bonanza Kings. Their wealth had a profound impact on the development of the United States financial system and the growth of the Western economy. Virginia City's population surged, with diverse immigrants seeking opportunities in the mines, including Irish, Chinese, German, and Italian workers. This multicultural mix gave rise to a vibrant social scene characterized by theaters, dance halls, saloons, and opulent hotels. Notorious figures such as Mark Twain and Samuel Clemens, who worked as a journalist and later became a celebrated author, added to the town's literary and cultural significance. Despite the initial prosperity, Virginia City faced several challenges, including devastating fires and reoccurring flooding. Over time, the easy-to-reach silver veins were depleted, requiring more extensive and expensive mining techniques to extract the remaining ore. By the late 1870s, the city's fortunes began to wane, leading to a gradual decline in population and economic activity. In the early 20th century, recognizing the historical value of Virginia City, preservation efforts began to protect the town's unique architecture and heritage. Many of the original buildings were maintained, and Virginia City evolved into a popular tourist destination. Visitors from around the world now flock to the town to experience the spirit of the Wild West and immerse themselves in the history and culture of the Comstock era. Abandoned mining tunnels still run deep below Virginia City. In some of these tunnels, the walls were so soft that they could dig out these silver deposits with nothing more than a shovel. This also led to multiple fatal collapses. Among the plethora of historical buildings that have withstood the test of time, the Washoe Club stands tall as an iconic and fascinating piece of Nevada's past. The building, located at 112 South C Street in Virginia City, was originally established as a fraternal lodge in 1862 under the name Washoe Engine Company No. 1. Its primary function was to serve as a fire station to protect the town from the frequent and devastating fires that would break out due to the wooden structures and volatile mining activities. As the mining industry flourished and the town's wealth grew, the Washoe Engine Company evolved into a social club where prominent miners, businessmen, and politicians would gather. By 1875, the club underwent significant renovations and was renamed the Washoe Club to reflect its changing role and grandeur. The elegant Victorian-style building was now an exclusive men's club, complete with a lavish saloon, gambling rooms, and meeting halls. The Washoe Club was much more than just a place for leisure and entertainment. It also served as a hub for networking, deal-making, and political discussions. As influential figures frequented the establishment, connections formed here and often had far-reaching consequences in the business and political landscape of Nevada. One of the club's most distinctive features was its iconic spiral staircase, which continues to captivate visitors to this day. The legend has it that the staircase was crafted by a European artisan who crafted it without the use of nails or screws, an impressive feat of engineering that showcases the skill and craftsmanship of the era. These haunting tales have sparked the interest of paranormal investigators and tourists seeking answers, making the Washoe Club a popular destination for ghost tours. The Washoe Club has undergone several changes and periods of decline and restoration over the years. It survived the Great Fire of 1875, which raised much of Virginia City. 
and continued to serve as a club until the early 1900s when it transitioned into various other uses, including a storage facility and an antique store. In the 21st century, preservation efforts were undertaken to restore the Washoe Club to its former glory. The Virginia City Historical Society played a significant role in ensuring that its iconic building remains a cornerstone of Nevada's history. Today, the Washoe Club stands as a testament to the legacy of the Silver Rush era, attracting visitors from across the country to experience a piece of America's Wild West history. The building has earned quite the reputation for its paranormal activity. Some call it the most haunted building in the West, and some say it lands a spot as one of the most evil and haunted places in the United States. Morgan looked at the pile of trash he needed to bring outside. Exhaustion crept over his body. This was his third double in a row after his latest co-worker had quit. They always quit. He tries to warn them when they start working there about the spirits, but they usually just laugh it off. One or two nights in, the laughing stops, and the I quit email comes pouring in. So here he was, tidying up the bar, just wanting to get some sleep. He moved the trash pile near the spiral staircase for just a moment, thinking he'd have time to get the rest of his station clean. This turned out to be a gigantic mistake. As he was putting glasses away, he heard something start to shuffle around. Jenny, is that you? Please, not tonight. Just, just not tonight, he said out loud. The noise got louder. Morgan rushed to the staircase, but it was too late. The trash had all been ripped open and thrown around the bar. He glanced up the staircase and saw the fading image of a woman in a blue dress. Of course, it was Jenny. Jenny doesn't like when anything blocks her stairs. He looked around at the pile of trash covering the area. Then he took his phone out of his pocket and started writing an email to his managers as he walked towards the door and placing his name tag on the bar. One of the most well-known ghosts at the Washoe Club is a ghost named Lena. Full-bodied apparitions of Lena have been spotted on or near the spiral staircase. It's believed that she was a sex worker who was murdered in a third-floor bedroom. Her murderer committed suicide on the second floor, also known as the Millionaire Club, and his spirit is yet to leave the premises as well. Lena's spirit has become known around the paranormal community as the Blue Lady of the Washoe Club. She earned this name because sometimes she is seen wearing a blue dress. There are also reports of a teenage girl who was murdered in the basement of the club. It's said that her ghost still lurks in the basement. The Washoe Club became infamous for its hauntings when it was featured in the original Ghost Adventures documentary in the early 2000s. The film included numerous reports of paranormal claims around the building and famously included footage that reportedly showed a full-bodied apparition moving across a room on the upper floors. This apparition has been seen by many people around the club. We have a woman in a blue dress. I know what many of you are thinking. What about a woman in a white dress? Don't worry, the Washoe Club has one of those too. Another apparition seen around the club is a young girl and she's wearing a white dress. She seems to be frightened or shy of people who come to visit. Despite her supposed shyness, some visitors have reported being touched or grabbed by small invisible hands while ascending the spiral staircase. It's almost as if this child ghost is reaching out to them as they pass by. In the bar area, the ghost of a former prospector is said to lurk and cause mischief for fun. His spirit will reportedly move bar stools around and sometimes even knock them over. It's also been said that he will hold the bar's swinging doors open for women when they enter the building. Visitors will leave shots of bourbon on the bar, and sometimes he will either move them around or they will just up and disappear, leaving many to believe that the ghost just drank their whiskey. The winters in Virginia City were particularly brutal. With so many deaths around the mining town, it was impossible to bury these bodies while the ground was still frozen. They would wrap the bodies in burlap and store them inside the Washoe Club's basement. Here, piles of dead bodies would lay until the ground thawed out and they could be buried. 
the third floor of the Washoe Club is considered the most demonic. Doors have slammed on this floor and people have been attacked. They've been poked, grabbed, and scratched while on the third floor of the Washoe Club. And in one case, one woman was apparently thrown down the stairs by something unseen. It's on this floor that a man named Scotty shot himself in the head after his son died falling down a mine shaft. Many wonder if it's his ghost that still walks these dark hallways. And could his son be one of the many child ghosts that haunt the second floor, peeking around corners, where their laughter can be heard echoing from empty rooms? Since the club was featured in the original Ghost Adventures documentary, their team, as well as countless others, have explored the Washoe Club in search for answers. One of the most compelling pieces of paranormal footage came from that documentary. The footage captured what looked like a full-bodied apparition walking across the second floor ballroom from left to right. The image was analyzed by experts and proved to be authentic. For years, this location has been investigated with countless pieces of evidence, cementing its legacy as one of the most haunted locations in the country. I'm Jesse Wilkins, and this is Hometown Ghost Stories, The Washoe Club, Virginia City, Nevada. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome into Hometown Ghost Stories, episode number 90. I'm Jesse Wilkins. I'm joined by Rob Coakley. Hello, Rob. Sorry if I looked a little out of it. I was just daydreaming of Dave getting tossed down a flight of stairs. Just a flight of stairs. <laughs> Nothing to do with the Washoe Club. All right. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I guess I guess so, somebody to get thrown from the third floor. <laughs> I thought it was just a completely random thought at first. Uh, we're also joined I mean, by Dave. <laughs> it, it didn't need the episode to think about it, but it just... it brought me back to happier days hey we can dream right we can all dream uh welcome in dave how are you i'm well thanks how are you unfortunately i'm a little scared of the third floor there those demons that are up there that'll poke you you know pokings happen uh but the scratching is common actually on that third floor i think we'll get into that one in a little bit but there's uh at least 26 people have been attacked mostly scratched up there but i guess some of them are getting poked demon pokes but um the attacks are pretty, pretty serious. So that is, uh, that is the Washoe club in, um, Nevada. How do you, how do you say Nevada? Cause like, they're like, oh, that uh, chat was telling me I was pronouncing it wrong. Is it Nevada? Not I always just said Nevada. I don't know. Nevada, right? Like what are we doing here? Are we saying it with a funny accent? You know what one killed me is somebody left us a comment one time and was like, it's Pittsburgh with an H and my mind was blown. Cause like, Pittsburgh. how are Pittsburgh? Like, what, what what are we doing with the H at the end? I don't understand what's happening there. Pittsburgh. You say it like Mike Tyson. <laughs> I don't know. It just I don't blew know. my mind. Where did, what do you pronounce the H? What, in the Berg? Berg. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, oh, like they it, weren't correcting our pronunciation. They were correcting the spelling. Oh, there was spelling? Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. I thought it was pronunciation, and I was just like, what are we doing here? Oh, <laughs> how, do okay. we, how do we add the H? That's a lot. That makes a lot more sense. <laughs> 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 Anyways, uh, what's up to everyone hanging out in live chat? A lot of you folks here, a bunch of gifted memberships before the show even started. So we appreciate that. And uh, thank you all for hanging out. There was a birthday in chat. I can't remember whose it was, but happy birthday. Serena. Serena. Yes. Yes. Very, very good. Happy birthday, Serena. And I am back. I'm back to being 100%. I was very sick last week. So sorry if I didn't sound like I was fully invested. I can promise you I was just as scared as everybody else. I just couldn't talk as much. So, but we're feeling good. We are feeling good in uh, 90 episodes deep. 90 episodes deep and um, 90. first mm -hmm. the Nevada episode. That's right. I, I was shocked when we pulled up the map and we still hadn't covered anything in Nevada. <laughs> so Nevada, Nevada, you're going to add the H Nevada. Nevada. I don't know. I don't know. We're just going to go with Nevada. Cause that's, that's how we said it. I, I did panic. Cause when 
um, when she called me out for saying Nevada wrong, apparently, I thought she was saying I was pronouncing Washoe incorrectly. I'm like, oh boy, get ready, buckle up, because I'm going to say it 400 <laughs> times, 400 times. I covered one location this episode. So here's the thing with, with Virginia City. Virginia City is uh, widely regarded as probably the most haunted, uh, I, I think it's a city. I mean, it's in the name, right? It's, it's regarded as one of the most haunted places in Nevada. That's so a, That's a leap, Jesse, that you just made there. Well, I'm just going off what people in the interviews are saying from the extensive research that I did here, but they're saying that this is a place where virtually every building is haunted. So we'll be back for definitely a part two, uh, if not maybe a part three. So that's why I kind of was like, there's enough at the Washoe club where we can cover just that. And then we'll get to some of the other ones in future episodes. So, um, just a pre-warning to everyone who's like, well, that's not the only haunted place there. No, there's plenty. This, this place is, uh, it's very cool, very awesome, and a lot of really dark history with just this, bu this building in particular and the whole area. Yeah, so I'm guessing that's what led you to this location when you were looking for things to do. You were like, oh, man, this place is super haunted. And then you were like, oh, the entire town is extremely haunted. Let me continue to uh, investigate this so that we can do it more than once. Exactly. I mean, I had heard of the, the Washoe Club, and I mentioned it kind of in passing, and then I kind of dove a little bit more into the footage. But... The first ever Ghost Adventures, it was a documentary, it was a movie. So if you folks haven't seen that one, th during this investigation, they caught what is still regarded as one of the most tangible, real pieces of evidence of, of a ghost. And this was the kind of shadow figure. It wasn't really a shadow, though, because it was kind of transparent and white. The footage is really shaky this was obviously in the early days they weren't using the high-tech cameras that they have now but i do remember seeing this in the documentary i was like oh man that's kind of crazy but it's probably cgi'd or something like that and then they in the documentary they had analysts and professionals break down the footage to see if there was any manipulation and they couldn't find any evidence that any of the footage had been manipulated whatsoever it made national news and then it obviously landed them the massive deal that they have with the travel channel now which has continued on for so many seasons and Whatever people think of Ghost Adventures, obviously, um, we have our opinions, but th this struck me as authentic footage and it struck me as a very haunted place. So I already, this place is already on my radar. So when I found out that we hadn't covered Nevada yet, I was like, you know what? I will cover Nevada for you guys. Do you recall that footage? We watched that documentary together, actually, at your we, Bridgewater, if you recall. Was, was that there? I thought we watched it in Whitman when we lived together there, but... I yeah. guess that doesn't matter. Yeah, I remember watching that with you and D together. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of stuff in that documentary that was real interesting. It was the one with the bathtub thing and the floating brick as well. Yeah, I believe the bathtub incident happened at the Washoe Club. And I think the, the floating brick was at a different location. That one that kind of like flew across the room. So that was also analyzed and uh hard to debunk so pretty crazy stuff pretty crazy stuff but obviously that's why washo club landed on the uh the list of things to cover and that's why we're here today so i am curious about this floating brick even though it wasn't at the washo club what was i don't remember at? i don't remember which location it was but this was a different part of the documentary basically while they were doing their lockdown investigation a brick just came up off the ground and like flew at them Oh. And it was a pretty crazy that caused them to literally run out of the building and jump out of a window because this was back in the day when they actually like literally they dead bolted themselves into locations. That was that. But this is because you mentioned a bathtub and a floating brick. And I thought I was just imagining a brick floating in the bathtub. I was confused. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. If you had water in the bathtub, you can make bricks float. Now I'm curious. Now I want to know if it would just sink. It would sink, right? It would sink. It's a brick, of course, it would sink. <laughs> I guess it probably depends on what. Maybe it was a different kind of brick. Maybe it's a wooden yeah, brick, like a styrofoam brick. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, Lego, <laughs> Lego bricks float, right? <laughs> or do they? Do they? I, don't I don't know. I don't know if they do. Hmm. If they're upside down, maybe. Anyways, maybe. so. Yeah, Washoe Club, it, it's, it's got a ton of history, and I didn't really jump too, into too much of the deaths that happened here, but it's a, a lot of them are verified, and a lot of them are legend. So we can start with a couple that I didn't mention. One was there was an explosion, actually, like at the building right next to it. I guess this guy, he was a miner, and he had kept like all of his uh, explosive materials in his room with him or whatever, so dynamite or whatever he might have, and at some point it blew up and it like blew out the side of that building and into the Washoe club and killed a bunch of people. I think like at least 10 people died in that explosion. Most of them were children. So you have a lot of um, children who actually died in, inside this building and it's 
is pretty sad. But the the second floor of this building, which is where they believe that most of these children haunt, it, it had a whole bunch of different uses. So in that footage that we were just talking about, that was in the ballroom, quote unquote. I think that's just what they call it. I don't know if it was ever actually used as a ballroom. I know it was a billiards hall for a while. It served as a doctor's office for a little while, a meeting room, and like they would do the gambling up there. So the whole second story of this place, that was the Millionaire's Club. Basically, it was this like super elite, super expensive club. Obviously, that's where you get the Washoe Club from. It was a club. But it was super expensive to to join up, which is why it was called the Millionaire's Club. But I believe it was like $7,000 a month just to be on this list. I know there was... That's that's going to be a new Patreon tier, by the way, $7,000 a month. Yeah, we'll just call it the Millionaire's Club. Yeah, we'll call it the Millionaire's Club. I love it. So uh, Ulysses S. Grant was a member... I don't remember if Mark Twain was a member. Mark Twain had something to do with this story. He was he was living in that town for a little while. Obviously, they they have like a whole museum for him in town and everything now. But they only I believe they only either allowed two hundred people or they had up to two hundred people that were members of this elite club. So all that kind of stuff happened on the second floor, and the second floor is the most active floor, not the most demonic floor. That would be the third floor, but the second floor is where basically all of the activity was happening. Right. They did have a bar on the first floor, saloon, whatever. So there was plenty of energy and activity going on down there. But, you know, they had the sex workers that were working on the second floor. The gambling was happening. The meeting was happening. The Millionaire's Club was being held there. And this was basically where that that big ballroom was where they saw this apparition. So it makes sense as to why the second floor would be the most active in terms of paranormal activity now. Can we elaborate on why we think they what they were getting with their seven thousand dollar a month membership? Like, what do you get? Because at that time, $7,000 a month is a lot of money. It was. So it wasn't just about like having a place to go gamble. I mean, there's like 600 bars just in that city. So it's like you could have gone anywhere. But in right. at that exclusive one, you know, it's like a country club, basically. So you're, you're with like-minded people. But it wasn't just a place where they would hang out and they would gamble. And they this was like a meeting place. So they, they would close deals. They would network. They would negotiate. And they would they would meet with other powerful rich super rich people and basically it this was such an important place that it really like it shaped the whole country because you had these people generals and politicians and everything that were meeting here and this is where a lot of the decisions were being made about where the country was going to go so it was yeah, actually that's bit, better than them spending seven thousand dollars to just go sit in a room like all right i guess we're all here what are we gonna do <laughs> it's a nice coat yeah, yeah, good, good stuff. It sounds like it was like a cross between a country club and like a chamber of commerce. Like you pay seven thousand dollars, you're in on all the big deals that get made. You mm-hmm. basically like have a say in what goes on in the town. Yeah, exactly. Your access to making more deals because now you're both there, and you, you know, you you probably have like that, you know, camaraderie or something, whatever you want to call it, between people. Chad is interested in my situation because. Probably because of my reaction to <laughs> pretty sure a plane just landed right outside my house. <laughs> I thought it was just the typical uprising of animals going on outside your house. It's <laughs> usually something going on there. Anyway, so uh, one of the ghost stories tied with the second floor, and there's a lot of them. When it was acting as a doctor's office, that second floor, there was a girl who was hit by a wagon that was passing by outside. Little girl. And they brought her up there. She didn't die right away on the street, but she did die on that second floor. And now they believe that her ghost is one of the many that haunts the second floor. She's frequently seen up there and uh, heard from as well. They hear these this kind of childlike laughter and everything. And there's a doll that I showed a few times, which yeah, was terrifying. a very scary looking doll. And they actually believe that her spirit has like possessed this doll and people yeah. communicate with her through it. And she, they say that she talks through it. So I don't know if they've heard this doll talking or what, but creepy doll already creepy situation haunted floor already this i'm was- letting you guys know now that if we go investigate somewhere and a terrifying looking doll starts talking i'm out like i'm just i'm literally i've sat through some shit that we've dealt with before in the past a doll starts talking i'm i'm not gonna stay that's you guys what are therapist. you talking about we investigate these haunted locations just hoping with every ounce of hope in our body that we find something paranormal. And you're going to tell me if a doll starts talking, don't, you're, don't you're just you, out. Don't <laughs> you fucking dare talk to me about this after you ran away from Emily's bridge. I don't want to hear shit. I don't want to hear shit from Dave. All this. I ran to you to show you my exciting that's not, discovery. That's not what happened at all. 
I don't Anyways, approve so her, of your revisionist history. <laughs> so her, her ghost, uh, her name was Gretchen. So that's, that's Gretchen on the second floor. There's a whole lot of them. There's like shadow figures. There's actually a lot of pictures that have been captured by, I don't know how current it was, but uh, I believe it was a Sam and Colby video where they were talking to a guy who looked relatively younger, um, like maybe around our age or whatever, but he seems to be the one that's in charge of operations there. And he had a whole bunch of photos that have been captured either by him or by people that were doing investigations. And there are several that are like shockingly good. I do wonder if I, maybe I can find them and pull them up, but some of the pictures are, are crazy. So this is another location. I believe we mentioned it maybe at Trans-Allegheny or maybe it was a different place. Might've been um, Waverly Hills or both. And I believe at the Whispers Estate too, they have another creeper. So we've talked about the these before where it's like these big shadowy figure things that kind of creep and crawl along the floor or the ceilings or the walls. This one, they've had, they got pictures of it and it basically looks like a giant like ghost spider type thing and it's horrifying looking i believe at the whispers estate it was a it was a rake that's what they believed it was this one looks like it's something different and they do have evidence of it and they say like that same staircase that we were talking about earlier and that we'll talk about in a little bit here it seems to like crawl up like the walls of that staircase and stuff and they have some some pretty terrifying stuff when i first started looking into this location i was like okay it's popular because of the ghost adventure stuff. It's a popular spot for like YouTubers and ghost hunting shows to visit, but the hauntings kind of sounded like a little bit run in the mill. You know, you had your woman in white, you have your woman in blue, child ghosts, laughter, knocks, scratches. It was just like more normal hauntings that we hear of, which is fine. It's not going to stop me from covering a place, but it didn't sound like any of these things were unique. And then I started getting more and more into it and listening to people that have worked there and everything. And I was like, wow, there's actually some really crazy, crazy hauntings going on here, especially when we start getting into the third floor. Um, we always talk about the list of places we want to go investigate. The more you talk, the more I'm just going to sit this one out. I'm just, I'm good. Oh, I mean, give, give me all the Wild West saloons, man. <laughs> That's it. The top and, uh, of my list is pirate bars. Second on the list is cowboy stuff. And I just posted a comment about talking dolls that's worth reading. She says, my nephew has a talking my nephew had a talking big bird, and with the batteries out and in a dark closet, he would still say peekaboo. My sister tossed the toy out. That's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. That's not yeah no, thanks. <laughs> That's not okay, especially when it's inside the closet. <laughs> with no batteries. <laughs> well, no batteries, obviously the punchline there, but the, but it just being in the closet and saying something like peekaboo is absolutely terrifying. Mm. So and it uh, probably we, had those eyes too. You remember those like 80s, like Teddy Ruxpin's eyes where they would start to go wonky and one would be half closed and then one oh would my be god yeah you're open. absolutely right <laughs> it's probably doing that in the closet too yeah oh, i don't know what it is about like toys from that era that are just significantly more scary than most no, other eras everything from that era for kids we had all the scary shit the dark crystal um the sequel to wizard of oz which never gets shown anymore was insanely terrifying that came out in the 80s we we had stuff like the monster squad which was a fun movie but they they showed us traumatizing things as a kid. They were just like, eh, whatever. Kids from well, the actually, 80s. It's, it's, a, it's on a long-running spectrum. It doesn't start at the 80s, actually. If the further you go back in time, the more horrifying things for kids get. You go back to like all the original nursery rhymes about death and the plague and stuff. Yeah. They're all written for kids. But like, these, it, these kid stories were designed to scare kids into behaving. So Yeah, it's it's always ever-evolving, right? So the entertainment from the 80s. You know, they didn't really have it so much in the 60s or 70s for the kids. But like once the 80s hit, it was like the scariest time to be a child. <laughs> I don't for know. Movies and shows. I mean, for, for movies and shows, maybe. But the, the further you go back in time, like Dave was just saying, the toys get scarier and scarier too. No, yeah. Movie. I'm just talking movies and shows. Like it, it was mm -hmm. for that era for us. And some of the toys in the 80s could be creepy when they're talking to you in the closet saying peekaboo with their eyes rolling in the back of their head. Yeah, for sure. It's just waving a knife back and forth. You're like, who put that? Who put that in Big Birds? The Wait. thing that was scarier when it was like the 20s and 30s were the Halloween costumes, right? The kids, the stuff that they were dressing up for Halloween. You go back, you look at some of the early costumes, then you're like, imagine these kids coming to my house and I have to light them all on fire. I would literally, yeah, I would literally think that they're there to murder me and my family. I was like, <laughs> there's, there's times where you just look at the ring doorbell notification. You're like, oh no, we don't answer that door. <laughs> yeah, we don't do that. No, honey, get the, honey, get the guns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's scary stuff. 
scary stuff. So Kate, Kate just commented that she had a Home Alone Kevin doll that was upholstering doll, and he would scream, and it would randomly just go off in her toy box when she was little. <laughs> oh, no. That's horrible. That's horrible. I remember I, I had a friend, Will, and we would sleep over his house, and he had a nightlight, but he was terrified of it. And the parents would have to go in and remove the nightlight at night. And I'm like, why do you ever even bring it back? I don't understand this parenting decision. <laughs> Maybe I missed a part of the story. There's, I don't know. there's a lot I don't understand with this story. What yeah, is it was the nightlight? It was, it was the dumbest nightlight. It was, it was a clown thing. And I guess maybe oh. he didn't like clowns, but it was... Uh, it, clowns are usually scary and this is when i was a kid so my dad is probably typing this comment as i speak but do you remember the uh winnie the pooh night light we used to have when we were real little you might not even because i think i was like two or three i don't think so but uh yeah, yeah i used to be afraid of the eeyore on the winnie the pooh night light so my dad would used to have to come in and just put a sock over it so i'd go to sleep <laughs> over just, just eeyore just eeyore <laughs> why are we not removing the night lights what is going on the kids still need night lights they just uh <laughs> I just don't understand why they didn't get a different nightlight. Anyways, so the other the other ghost that's not as threatening inside this place would be the ghost that haunts the bar, and this is kind of like the gentleman ghost. Maybe it's our first gentleman ghost on this show, but he's been reported to hold the swinging doors open for women when they enter the bar, which is kind of nice. And then he also messes around with bar stools. So I guess it's the fourth bar stool in particular that he likes to mess with. Maybe that was his favorite spot at the bar, but he seems to pull it out sometimes. And on some occasions they have even knocked them over. The last thing that it does, or maybe there's some other hauntings as well, is if you leave a shot of whiskey out on the bar, I guess his ghost will sometimes yeah, either. We know he's doing that. We know he's taking that. He either slides it around the bar. Sometimes they get knocked over. And oh. sometimes the glass and the whiskey just up and vanish all together. And I would no, assume that sometimes maybe the whiskey disappears too. It's much like a Santa Claus situation. If you leave a, a w shot of whiskey on a bar, Whiskey Dave will show up overnight and take that shot. Yeah, I, I knew exactly where chat was going to go with that one. Everyone's just Whiskey Dave, Whiskey Dave, Whiskey Dave. Yeah. <laughs> you have to spin around and say Whiskey Dave three times. <laughs> so we can see that. But whiskey. <laughs> the thing is now with paranormal investigations. I want Whiskey and, Dave to spin around three times after he takes a shot of whiskey. Yeah, it's like not, whiskey a, Dave. not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, no, you just don't want him to face you at the end of that third spin. <laughs> but I guess it's not like necessary. So you would assume that if the bar is active and open, which I'm pretty sure it still is during the day, that someone's either the bartender is just pouring it out to mess with you or someone's like, oh, free shot of whiskey and just taking it. And then you turn around and be like, oh my God, the ghost drank my whiskey. Like, no, you just <laughs> left your drink on the bar and someone took advantage of the situation. So I think there's a little bit of that going on when it's in active hours. But I guess during paranormal investigations, they'll leave the shot of whiskey just on the bar or they'll line up a few shots and they'll either notice that the glasses had moved around or one of the shots gets um, just disappears or whatever. So again, All it's right. like, unless you got a camera on it and you know that it's not a person manipulating the, the the glasses or drinking the whiskey themselves, then it's, um you know, could be a cool haunt. Johnny comes up in chat. He says, it sounds like a scam from a bar to save money on alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> again, if this is during active hours, then yeah, I would say that. They're probably just pouring it right back in the bottle. Like, oh my God, the ghost is drinking. You gotta buy another one. <laughs> but if it's happening after hours when there's no bartender, nobody at the bar, then that's when it becomes a little bit more compelling. Uh, then we have the crypt. So this is the basement. And apparently there is, there's actual proof of this happening. So when I first heard about this story where they're like, they would store the bodies in the washu club. I was like, why? Like you have a morgue, you have <laughs> you have places to do this. But You're a city. Exactly. But I guess this, they would deal with the morgues overflow. And this was the place that they would bring them because they just basically had like a cool, cold basement with extra space and they would actually use it here. And they said that they have documentation that proves it. They would say that, from 1970, from like, I believe it was, no, I'm sorry, not, not 1970, 1870s. I was going to say, we would definitely know if it's happened in 1970. They're still there. No. Um, <laughs> from 1870 to 1922, that's when they would use this as like the morgue overflow. So bodies would get stored here. A lot of them were children. There was a lot of deaths in this town because you had these active, the Comstock mines. So you had all of these mines going on. Mining's obviously one of the more dangerous jobs that you could have. It was even more dangerous back then. Not only that, but the 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 walls and like the rocks, like it was like softer than other areas to where they didn't even really have to use a pickaxe to to get at some of these silver deposits they could just use a shovel and just basically dug, dig it out which is like wow sounds like it's easier work than than usual yes but it also led to more of these mines collapsing so you had a lot of deaths that were happening people falling in mines this is also the wild west so you had shootouts brawls 
uh, fights over gambling, fights over women, all, all of the normal stuff you would see in any other Wild West town was happening here. People were dying all the time out here. It was a rough time to be here. But they would take the overflow from the morgue and they would store them in the basement of the Washoe Club basically until the ground would thaw and then they could um, they could bury them. So obviously this was in the winter or the colder months and they would they would store them there. But they said that in the winter of 1874, they had 77 bodies. Many of them were children. And basically over the years that this was being used as a morgue, basically over 50 years, uh, they, they had estimated that there had to have been thousands of dead bodies that were stored here over time. Honestly, all of the different methods that we've learned that these old school Western places were dealing with people dying without access to a morgue, this is one of the ones that are easier to believe rather than pickling them or brining them or smoking them. <laughs> yeah. Like they hung them by a fishing pole in the center of town while they waited. That is the basement, but the basement is very active. We had talked about one of the ghosts that haunts down there as well, but there is a lot that goes on down here. And they also have photo evidence of a very creepy little child ghost that was in the basement. They have like this kind of catwalk situation where once the, the crypt would fill up, they would literally just take the bodies in from the street to the catwalk thing and just toss the bodies basically into the pit and they would just stack them up that way. But there is a very, very creepy little image of a ghostly girl that's just kind of peering over the edge of that like catwalk thing. And it's super, super creepy. Like one of the creepier photos that I found. I'll see I'll see if I can pull the picture up. But it was um, you know, captured by someone doing an investigation and it was it struck me as an authentic looking picture, but very, very scary looking. And you, you get a lot of these child ghosts that were that were captured here. A couple of the investigations that I was seeing, they would capture on that staircase, uh, basically like the SLS images of children. It looks like they're kind of holding onto like the railings and just kind of peeking through like a kid would do on stairs, you know, just poking their heads through the little banisters or whatever and looking through. Would, they got some really cool evidence that have happened here. If you haven't checked out some of the investigation videos, check it out. And even if Rob doesn't show up, it's on the list for me. Absolutely. But down in the crypt, they've had uh, rocks have been thrown at people. So that's another kind of poltergeist activity situation going on here. Well, now, now I'm going because now I can throw rocks at Dave and just say a ghost did it. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you can blame, blame the ghosts. And then there was they actually had priests come in to do, perform like an exorcism on the building down there to get the activity to quiet down. And I guess, according to the reports, when this exorcism was going on in the sand, like a message was like written out on the sand while they were doing the exorcism that I believe it just said the word stop S T O P. So pretty creepy. If true. That's and, weird. Yeah. Kind of a strange situation. So it wasn't an exorcism on a person. I believe it was an exorcism of the building to try to right. kind of free of it, free of uh, some of its evil spirits, but that's basically what they call the crypt, AKA the basement of the Washoe club. And it's got its ghosts. So it's good. It's uh, activity for sure. This building just has so much more like not even just in terms of like paranormal activity, like clearly it has a lot of that, but just the history of this building, it's not technically that old. I know it's like 150 years old, 160 years old, but just all the different uses for this building throughout time during the same time period, it's just kind of wild, like all all the different things going on and that has to play into it, right? Because now you're you're not just one thing. You're not just a bar. You're not just a house. You're not just a, a whatever. You have so many different reasons why people are passing through this thing and reasons why they could be haunting it, whether it be because they were in the Millionaire's Club all that time or their body was stored in that basement forever or you know they went to the bar. It was their favorite bar. There's so many different reasons for the hauntings to occur here. It's just it's kind of wild. You're absolutely right. And I mean, one of them that it seemed like the details were kind of brushed over was the fact that it was a doctor's office at one point. And you would assume that at that time, this is basically the hospital then, right? Unless they mm -hmm. also had a hospital, I'm not entirely sure. But you got to assume that there had to have been deaths that would have happened there as well. But you have a ton of them. You have so many of them. There, there were suicides here. There were shootouts here. There were obviously accidental deaths as well. So you get, you get a lot of, a whole lot of situations, but you're absolutely right. It acted as so many things over the years and there's just so many, so many reasons for it to be haunted. Yeah, just um, a giant paranormal stew, basically. Exactly. You know, soup is awful. We've had this discussion the other night. I'm with since you. we're talking about stew. You guys are soup, idiots. Soup is not 
not good. We had to split up the party. Basically, we were out with a group of people, and some of them liked soup, and some of them didn't. So we sat at separate tables. We didn't we even. Did. The kitchen happened. was closed. There was no soup, reason for us to soup actually. Soup wasn't even there. involved. We were just mad and yelling at each other. Because soup sucks. It's it's just so basic. It is the most basic food there is. And uh, if you like soup, you're a nightmare, basically. That's what, you wouldn't have been at our table. I don't understand right. the soup is basic argument. Like, are you just. Is your only experience soup just like Campbell's soup? No, just all soup is basic. Like, what is good about soup? Explain. It's there can be really delicious, complex soups with lots of uh, delightful ingredients. Name one. Name Name three ingredients. Name three ingredients. (laughs) (laughs) What a line of question. There is a reason that Rob didn't become a lawyer. (laughs) No, I'm not a big fan of soup. Anyways. I am a big fan of uh, demonic activity, though, and that was going on on the third floor. Are you? Of this building. I am when I'm talking about it. <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to talk about it. I don't know where the, I mean, like, I understand from what I've gathered on researching this place and watching investigations. I understand that there's something not good on the third floor of this building. And it seems like people are getting attacked and scratched. But where do you draw the line between demonic and just poltergeist activity? Because if you look at maybe the poltergeist of Greyfire, Greyfriars Kirkyard out in Scotland, he is attacking people all the time, right? It's one of the most active poltergeists in the world. And they have hundreds of accounts of people being scratched, fingers getting broken, people getting bit, you know, people getting knocked out. That's all going on in Scotland. So in this location, you have 20 plus people who are getting scratched, which is serious. And at least one woman who got thrown down the stairs, which is also serious. What makes that different than the attacks that are happening in, in Scotland, though? I guess, Dave, I'll direct that question towards you. What, why wouldn't we think this is just poltergeist activity? Why would we assume that because of these attacks is demonic? Uh, it would depend on, you'd have to trace back the origin of what you think the haunting is. So if the haunt, if they believe the ghost came from a person, that's probably a, a poltergeist. Whereas if they can track it back to something more ancient and determine that it's a non-human entity, then it could be demonic. I guess maybe that's where it comes from because they don't really know who this is or, or where it really came from, but they do believe that there's something evil on the third floor. They've caught like really angry sounding EVPs. Kind of take EVPs for for what they're worth. A lot of them are pretty subjective, especially when it's like spirit box stuff. But uh, voice recordings. They, this the one of the doors at what what they call the red room. This is room number twelve. This is where they believe that like the de- the demon resides the door slams so hard and so frequently that the door is now literally like falling apart where like the, the doorknob is like all loose and it's got a crack on it and everything like that. But the, you hear it. And I've watched, I think in every single investigation that I've watched, you've heard it, it. It may not have been that door, but you definitely heard doors slamming in this house when either the person is alone or there's clearly nobody upstairs. So it, it is something that frequently happens here. Again, with the with these older houses, this can happen. We saw this at the Shanley Hotel. I believe it was the door for the serial killer's room. It was just really, really loose. And it was like, yeah. you didn't even have to touch it and the door would actually move. But it was nothing paranormal. It was just a really loose door on a very uneven house. So it can move around. Conjuring maybe house, too. Yep, exactly. So maybe it's, maybe it's wind pulling certain ways or making its way through the walls or floorboards or whatever. But you hear it all the time. And this one is a slamming door again i don't know if i attribute to that that to anything besides maybe poltergeist activity but let's let's just go with demonic for now and assume that the experts know what they're talking about so they've also heard singing up on this floor and like humming which is sounds like it could be nice but from what i've heard it does not sound it's very unsettling which i mean when it's a ghost singing or humming they could be singing anything and it's going to be unsettling anyways if it's coming from a ghost right they say that then i wonder if this is one of those curses but they say if you steal something from the location then this thing could likely follow you home and people have reported that you know kind of like other curses where they've sent the item back like oops sorry i didn't mean to steal this little thing but now whatever is inside that house has followed me home and bad things are happening they think that happens there whether that's again some of these locations where like that just sounds like the you know the staff at the place put that policy in order to get, to get people to stop stealing shit you know whether it's one of those cases or actually some sort of a curse then i would uh i would not the humming and the singing is an interesting detail if you're trying to figure out whether this is a demon or a poltergeist also because one thing that a demon will do that a poltergeist won't necessarily do is try and trick you into thinking it's something else to get you to 
trust it, basically. So yeah, you're right. If it's doing that, it could be another reason they think it's demonic. Yep. And this is something that, despite the fact that they have grabbed evidence from this thing, it's something that doesn't want to communicate. It's just like it doesn't care that you're there. It doesn't. It doesn't want to deal with people. So it sounds more like these attacks are more like get out. Just leave me alone. It sounds like it just wants to be up there from from what I've gathered from some of the uh, from some of the evidence. Yeah, it's interesting. I know. I know. Sometimes people also back to the poltergeist demon thing. People sometimes also will say a demonic poltergeist. So that's oh. a possibility. The two are sometimes used interchangeably. Yeah, from what I from what I read and from what I gather from these investigations, there's got to be something bad up there. There might be multiple entities on the third floor, but it sounds like most of the activity is centered around the second floor. Again, like we said earlier, this was the most active place while this, or the active floor when this place was in business. So it makes sense that most of the paranormal activity would be centered around that second floor. But it also sounds like something evil is up on that third floor. Mm. And I mean, there's just so many children that had died here or got their bodies stored here that it makes sense why there's so many reports of like children ghosts and one that potentially possesses a doll you have like all sorts of different hauntings on different spectrums at this place, friendly ghosts, evil ghosts. And then you also have the ghost of the, the spiral staircase, which I kind of forgot to mention, but we did mention it in the episode. So this one, I believe her name was Lena. I think there might be some mixed reports on what they think her name is. A lot of the names that are out of this thing are based off of what psychics are telling us. So we, you have different mediums that are like, oh, their name must be this or whatever. So we're just assuming we're taking them at their word for it. So it could be anything, but Lena, it seems to be the, the go-to for this woman's uh, name and believe she was a sex worker. She is most frequently seen in a blue dress. There are photos of this ghost as well. You can find them online. And I believe I included one of them inside in, in the uh, video portion of this episode. And there's some, there's some cool evidence of ghosts on this. I don't believe you're allowed to climb the staircase anymore. I think they have it roped off because it seems like at least the railing is very unstable. So it's probably not a safe thing to climb anymore. But this is one of those unique staircases that was built without the use of like nails or screws or anything. And there was another one, which I almost covered for a side content episode. There was another one allegedly constructed by possibly the same dude. I believe this other one was out in i don't remember so i'm not going to say it because i will mess it up but it was somewhere else i believe in the united states and basically a bunch of these nuns or people that worked there i believe it was nuns it might have been just people who go to the church but they were basically they couldn't afford this staircase at this church and they were like oh we were just praying to god that somebody will come and build this spiral staircase for us because they're tricky to build. And if we have to build a normal staircase in our tiny church, it's going to take up way too much space. That's why you do a spiral staircase, right? Right. And then also just one aesthetics. Yeah, exactly. It was one day this dude just showed up, built the staircase. It was beautiful. And then he just left and did not ask for a dime. And he just disappeared. And they didn't really know who he was or why he did it. And they're like, oh, it must have been the saint, whoever or whatever. Obviously, I didn't mm -mm. research the story as much as I should no. have, but that There's was no kind way. of the story. But he also had built this. It was kind of like a modern marvel. He had also built this spiral staircase without the use of nails or screws or anything like that, which was extremely impressive. And to this day, it's kind of like a mystery. Like, how the hell did this guy get this done? It's possible. I but... wonder why no one can go on it now. <laughs> <laughs> no, the one in the church is still is still active. Oh, the okay. one over here is kind of it's it's loose and kind of falling apart. But it's believed that it could have been the same guy. No, I don't it know. was the devil, because that is who does that, right? How many episodes have we talked about just the devil shows up and randomly builds things and then leaves, like that door of that yeah, church? Yeah, the doors there. of the church, yep. It's happened a couple different times. It's true. Maybe. It's got to be. Mm -hmm. It adds up. No, it doesn't. He left a demon <laughs> in the attic by accident. <laughs> yeah, but the the, I'm, the spiral staircase goes from the first floor to the second floor. <laughs> We got to get from the first floor to the second floor in order he to. He would get have to built another spiral staircase had he wanted to put the demon on the third floor. Demon's <clears> got to be on the second floor. And now we're back to demon kids, right? Because all the right. demon kid, all the ghost kids are on the second floor of this place. There we go. We got to the bottom of this. This is what we do here at Hometown Ghost Stories. We make the rules. Yep, we make the rules. <laughs> we always say. <laughs> we always say that. <laughs> so that's kind of it for the Washoe Club. There's a whole lot here. There's a lot of hauntings here. It is a very, very haunted building. They do say that this could be like the most haunted building in the United States. It's up there on the list. It really is. Uh, it's obviously got some of the most compelling evidence that has come out of it. 
And just the variety of ghost stories, the vast amount of paranormal activity that goes on at this building in the insane history, I could definitely see why it would be qualified as one of those, but I will have to visit to determine for myself. Yeah, definitely a, a place that's on your very, very short list, right? How many places are on your short list now? It's pretty short, yeah. 90. 90? So. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that how many episodes we're in? Yeah. Yeah, every, everywhere except for the Alaska place. I don't feel like going to Alaska. Kind of want to you know Alaska. why? Why don't you want to go to Alaska? Alaska looks amazing. It's just Alaska far. Awesome. It actually does look awesome. You're going to Greece next week, and you're like, Alaska's too far. Oh yeah, almost. Alaska the same might be thing. further. <laughs> I probably is actually the Greece. The Greece. The trip to Greece is shorter than you might think. Mm-hmm. But speaking of which, I am pretty excited about this because so we're staying in a little village next to the Saloniki. And this city, I was like, just for shits and giggles, let me just Google it and see if there's some haunted places. But I found a haunted fortress. Like it was formerly used as a prison for a while. It was used as a fortress before that. It's super, super old. It's right in the city. And it was already on the list of places that we were planning to visit anyways. And I was like, hell yeah. So I'm going to go there. I'm going to pick around. I'm going to ask people like, hey. Maybe I can get shake this thing for a couple hours tonight. Just shake down some tour guys, see if maybe we can get in there at night. If not, then I'll definitely be there shooting footage. Maybe uh, maybe my plans will adjust and I'll toss in a little bit of um, paranormal ghost hunting equipment and see if we can uh, hunt around, see what we can get there. But it's got a crazy history. We're going to cover it on an episode, so I'll kind of save the details, but I'm very excited for that situation. Anyways, uh, but on that topic, I will be gone for next week's show. We will be having guests on the next two shows as I am off across the seas looking for ghosts and being on vacation. And um, so do we want to announce who those guests are? Sure. Yeah. Next okay. week we have Lindsay Brisbane from the chilling podcast coming back to join us. And the following week we have Brent Thomas from paranormal portal coming back to join us. So nice. A couple of repeat guests. Last show with Lindsay actually was a very good one. It actually ranks as one of our more listened to episodes. So she's mm. got some interesting stories to tell great host and then brent come back for i believe the third time now so yep. brent filled in for rob while he was in vegas he'll be back to fill in for me and brent is always welcome and great radio voice and a great uh great show if you haven't checked out the paranormal portal yet make sure you guys go do that they're on youtube as well and, and um, podcast as well they're both great guests and i'm just gonna let chat know soup sucks chili's not soup chowder is fine Chili is not soup. Anyways, uh, October 20th is coming up, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, we're going to be doing our live event. So for episode 100, the celebration will be held in Plymouth, Massachusetts. If you can make it out there, we will have more information available. Are we doing tickets for this kind of thing? Or are we just doing show up if you show up? No tickets. Just show up. Just show up if you show up. You don't need to purchase tickets. Despite what the town of Plymouth thinks, I fully plan to either before or after try to take at least a small group of folks around to some of the haunted sites and we'll do our own little ghost tour whether or not people like it but we're going to uh probably do that it's gonna be awesome we're gonna have some exclusive merch doing some giveaways and obviously everyone's welcome to come out it's gonna be an awesome time so we're excited little brewery some good drinks they don't only have beer there so if you're not a beer drinker or a drinker at all they do have other options as well and i'm excited it's gonna be a fun time so that'll be october 20th 2023 come out hang out with the with the crew Let's go look for some ghosts together, huh? Check out Haunted Plymouth. And, you know, if you guys play your cards right, it is walking distance. We won't be having any soup. There'll be no soup at this event, just so everyone knows. No We're going to have soup at Plymouth Rock. That's going to be the event. I'm actually changing the name of the event. It's going to be Come Have Soup at Plymouth Rock with Hometown Ghost Stories. We're not allowed to speak. You just sit there and you slurp your soup. <laughs> you realize how wrong you were about soup when you have to stand there and look at Plymouth Rock while you do it. <laughs> You'd rather be eating Plymouth Rock as you eat the soup is probably what's going on. <laughs> All right. So, again, I won't be here next week, but where are we going next week? What are we covering? Uh, we are probably going to cover Denver, Colorado. Several haunted locations out there. Some interesting ghosts. Yeah, you sold me. Put it on the list. <laughs> That'll be awesome. What a sales pitch. <laughs> you sold soup harder yeah. than you sold the next episode. <laughs> Sounds I haven't good. nailed down exactly which locations there I was going to cover, so I don't know what I want to say. 
<laughs> I want to say what's up and thank you to our three new patrons. We have a new VIP, Dakota G. We have Colby and we have Nick. So thank you into our new patrons. And don't worry, I'll welcome. read out all of you as well. But welcome into those ones, especially uh, Dakota. That's awesome. Welcome to the VIP status. We appreciate that. Other VIPs, we have Allison V, Jeannie R, Lisa J, Mike Oubliette Blake, Mom and Pops W, Robert H, and Inspires Gaming. Thank you so much for being VIPs. We have Adam S, Ambie Rose, Anna C, Chris C, Cody G, um, Culloden, Culloden, David C. That's, I just, yeah, I found your What's name. What's happening? But I'm, I'm trying to read this username. It's <laughs> Are you breaking? Culloden. Are you breaking? <laughs> Are you the big bird though? Colloden, <laughs> Colloden. Yeah, anyways, uh, we also have Donnie N, Elizabeth Young, Lily, Jake V, Janice G, Mar Fire, Matthew T, Papa Squatch, Rachel B, Sarah Cook, Steph A of the C O T S, the other Rachel B, Al Capone, Al Capone's poorly, I'm sorry, Al Capone's allegedly poorly taxidermied corn dinosaur. We also have Al Capone's allegedly poorly taxidermied wife, Alicia E, Anthony, character limits be damned, T, Ashley M, Brandon W. Brennan, 10 foot by 10 foot demon cat. We have Captain McSlugs. <laughs> Kath Q, Colby 0204. We have Hooska. Hooska. Castle, Huggy Bear, Joe R, Kiri Lee J, Mark M, Mariah M, Nick. Nuthouse Queen, Paul from St. Louis, Sam from Nepal, Sarah R, Scotty L. We have Solar Why Fire. Why did you say Nick with so much stank? <laughs> it, was just, it was just Nick. There's no last name, no last initial. So, yeah. And, Swanee as well. So thank you guys. Also, Sofin Hooper. I don't know where you're on this list, but uh, we know you're on the other page. I did go to the other page. The other Rachel uh, B. Did you? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I said that, Dave. All right. Oh, I got it covered. Yeah. I got it covered. And I do it yeah. fast, unlike you guys. I left it up to you guys. I wanted to shoot myself halfway through the fucking video. <laughs> <laughs> I was all day. Well, you practice every week. I do. Yeah. Twice a week. And it, yeah. So I got, I got the flow of it down. Anyways, uh, little three dollars a month. You two can join on Patreon. Join this giant and awesome list. You are allowed for now to customize your name and put whatever you want. And uh, we got to put the limits on it. Somebody's going to take a paragraph, and we're going to just be forever obligated to read that entire paragraph. Someone's going to get upset because eventually they're going to look at the the Patreon credit screen. It's going to be so small because we got to fit so many of these long ass names. It's it's just not going to work. But one dollar a month, you can become a member on YouTube. Thank you to everybody who joined today and everybody who gifted memberships on youtube that means more emotes are coming i'm thinking the whiskey dave one needs to come next i think yes. i'm thinking a glass of dave with a whiskey dip with a with dave's head as an ice cube floating in it that's what i'm thinking for that emote <laughs> mm. the emotes just got bigger i don't know if you guys noticed that i saw that, that was but cool. they did yeah. yeah this is the first week i've noticed that where when you're typing out the emotes you can actually see them now they're like twice the size at least <laughs> what was it before emotes for ants <laughs> anyways all right i got some reviews to read as well this one is from lance and it's titled, Do You Like Spooky Stuff? Then the comment goes, then look no further. If you enjoy creepy ghost stories, horror movies, or puppies, there is something here for you, just not soup. If you enjoy soup, you can go somewhere else. Um, no, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also have one from Badass Forklift Driver. It's titled, One of the Best Podcast. I've only started listening and just got to episode 42 which if you've only just started listening and got to episode 42, like kudos to you for powering through these. I'll catch up soon. I work four to 10 um, and listen during work. I love the stories y'all come up with in the beginning of the episodes and everything after that. I have a personal ghost story about my grandpa when I was eight. I'll send it in one of these days. And if you are looking to send in ghost stories, you can put them on our Discord. We have a ghost stories portion of the Discord. You can also email us at hometownghoststories at gmail.com. And we do get the submissions there. And I've been going through and responding to a bunch of those over the past week. We got a little behind. We've had a lot going on. But we do get back to you. And we do have a listener episode story coming up in the very near future so get your stories in if you want them on that episode i also have one from a review from emily's fiance's brother's grandson so try and follow that (laughs) yeah figure that out (laughs) titled all hail to the greatest show of all time and they wrote, my fellow New Englanders, all I can say is well done. The narration of the stories combined with the thorough investigations and belly laughs is legendary. I grew up in Vermont and actually was on the Stowe ski team, Stowe ski team, and have been to Emily's Bridge many times. I had a buddy that lived across from the bridge and crossing that thing at night was bubble guts inducing. When I was in high school, we did a film at the bridge for a film class I was taking. 
Every time we got close to the bridge, the battery of the camcorder would die, and as you walked away, the battery would show full life. That is exactly what happened to us. Exactly crazy. The weird thing was that our teacher, who was familiar with the bridge, said that the same thing happens to every student that has tried filming at the bridge. Hope you guys keep doing what you're doing, and you guys are by far my favorite podcast. And we have one less from it's SFCHR. So they decided that um, vowels weren't necessary. Titled, They Don't Make the Rules. I listened to a couple of other paranormal podcasts. They mentioned a couple of bigger ones. I don't want to, like, shame any. And they go, while some of the locations and stories are covered by all three podcasts, the guys at Hometown Ghost Stories cover them better. Their style makes it feel like you're discuss- discussing ghosts with your friends, which is good for me since all my friends hate ghosts as much as Dave hates plumbers. <laughs> <laughs> the side content episodes are all good, especially the horror movie reviews. I'd like to see some content on cryptids, but until then, let's all grab some bacon and pass the time until a new episode drops. You might be getting your lit your wish in the next few months. So, yes, yeah, excited about that. So, awesome. Yeah, if you want to uh, have your review read out on air, just uh, leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you do, to leave it on Spotify. Make sure you also send it like an email or whatever, and we'll we'll get it. We'll read it out. But, Another thing you can do in for the future, because not everybody has iTunes or Spotify or anything. If you write five star review as a comment on one of our videos, I will read that on air as well. Okay. I like to give it. people more options. Yes, I like that. Especially, yeah, obviously if you listen on a different platform that doesn't allow you to do that, then that sounds good. Um, yeah, anything else, gentlemen? Friday, celebrity ghosts, the ghost of Graham Parsons. Nice. It's been a little while yes. since we're the celebrity ghosts, so I'm excited for that. And uh, other than that, that'll pretty much do it. Let us know what you think. Uh, make sure you guys subscribe and leave a comment. Tonight is the last official Tuesday of summer for Sydney and Autumn. Whoa. Yeah, the South goes back to school. Yikes. That's crazy. Well, enjoy the rest of your summer then. Uh, What's left of it. And uh, yeah, anyways, we'll be back on Friday. Celebrity hauntings and then Tuesday, uh, Denver. We'll see you guys then.